This is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. It's episode 49, and today we are talking about the Packers' 27-16 win at Lambeau over the Denver Broncos to move to Cheeseheads in Chicagoland, best podcast about the Green Bay Packers, a 3-0 team, not the only undefeated team in the NFC North because the Detroit Lions are now vying for supremacy. My name is Mike Fleischman. We are in my beautiful south side of state on a Sunday, Wednesday afternoon. I am joined, as usual, by Mr. Matt Mellum Setter. Hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Uh, doing good. Good. Uh, it's It sucks that we all have to become Lions fans now yeah. and uh, buy our Lions Super Bowl merchandise. Yeah, but you know, I I am excited to be accepted in in Detroit as a a, a true member of the pride. Yes, yes, me too. I'm um I'm excited my uh to uh, join Brendan Welper and my former boss Jimmy McMillan in the uh, in the Detroit fandom phase. You know, there's nothing but uh, positivity and optimism. Yeah, really defines defines the Detroit Lions fan experience. Yeah, well, Detroit sports in general, you know, they're they're always so excited and uh seeing so much success that it's, you know, it's hard to keep me away from that. You know, I just follow greatness wherever it goes. <laughs> yeah. And right now, uh my greatness meter is going beep 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 beep, beep and shooting me right at Detroit. <laughs> um uh my my meter is currently pointed directly at soccer. Okay, high sure. School, high school soccer is in full swing. I saw a game last night where the fans were kicked out of the uh, of the match by the referees. Uh, so I know I'm only like a couple of years. You know, I'm, I'm officially just two years in to sure. my career as a broadcaster. I'm just over a year in to my portion of the career where they pay me to be a broadcaster. But I can safely say I've never seen that before. Nope. And I wouldn't expect to see it before or really after, I would think. Well, the thing about the radio is that you're just sitting there on the sidelines doing this game and something inexplicable happens. And you're in that spot where you want to convey to the audience that this is effed up. Yeah, this is crazy. In a major way that this is crazy. But also, you don't want to show anyone up. Sure. Like, I don't want the referee to kick me out of the game. <laughs> yeah, you think he's going to hear you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, I'm very loud, and I was right at the center sure. line on the okay. sideline. So, yes, I do think he heard me uh, <laughs> several times. He uh, he acknowledged that he was hearing me several good, times, good. Okay. Uh, especially by turning towards me and staring at me when I talked about him and the situations that were occurring in the game that it is actually my professional job to talk about. But what the, happens if he throws the radio What happens if he throws out. the radio guy out? <laughs> You're yeah. talking shit about me on the airwaves. <laughs> get the f- get out of here. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. I mean, if as long as I don't do anything to deserve it, because that's not that's not what I'm about. I'm I don't work for Barstool. I don't sure, have a stupid sure. I don't have a stupid mustache like Dave Portnoy. But yeah, uh, he's a yeah, but you know, I man. I would love to get thrown out just by like just by doing my job because that's the thing. Like, I'm sitting there and I like have to not. You now, in my personal opinion. The ref should not 
have thrown you know the uh, the fans out. That's that's like that's my oh, that's yeah. my personal feeling. Sure, I think that's a pretty widespread feeling yeah. too. I think, <laughs> I think if we extended this to the American public, uh, I think they'd say, "Don't throw the fans out." Yeah, I think I think most people would be on my side about that. But at the like at the same time, like my personal opinion doesn't matter. I'm there to observe and tell the story of the game. And yeah, but I'm in that spot where I'm like, folks, I I need you all to know that like, you can corroborate this with other people. This is actually happening right now. This is crazy. Like, this is not a bit. A hundred and fifty is... people are going to the exits while turning around and yelling, are being escorted yeah. out by high school security. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's a. I mean, if you if you've got to find a way to make soccer exciting. That is throw out the crowd. one way. Yeah, you could throw out the crowd. You could do it that way. Too much, too much banter, eh, mate? <laughs> oh, but uh, but all the same, that's that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> Soccer's fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, football is more fun. We are uh, all we are just a day away from more football as the Packers have to turn around and play on Thursday after a, a Sunday game. I hate this. You hate this. I hate this. Everyone hates this. this. The teams brutal. hate it. Um, this is one of those one of those things that I really hope that there is going to be an upcoming labor dispute. It's most likely going to result in a lockout of the players by the owners. And this is one of those things that I hope that the players realizing that this labor dispute that's coming up might be contentious. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the things that they fight for in sort of a effort. Let's throw all the spaghetti at the wall and make sure it sticks kind of thing. Yeah, because this um, the NFL can't care can't say it cares about player safety and keep on scheduling Thursday night games. It's it's just ridiculous. I mean, you you take a look at the injury list for both teams, like it's there's like 17 people on the injury list for the back. Like it's it's insane. It's Adams, Blaga, Burks, Clark, Fackrell, Gary, Graham, Jones, King, Kumaro, Martinez, Redmond, Shepard, Zedarius Smith, Jamal Jamal Williams. I mean, it's just like the Packers can't practice this week. Yeah. They're only doing walkthroughs because there's so many people injured and they don't have the time to go through a normal week schedule where you get take a few days to get everyone's bodies right and then start working. Yeah, the normal week physical. schedule is is to like sit in a conference room with these guys for Monday, Tuesday for a couple of days yeah. and just let them let them heal a little bit. That that's such an important part of it. You know, I I think that when it comes down to it, my, my non-fan, like the concern part of me goes like playing football uh, 16 out of 17 Sundays for six, 17 straight weeks is yeah. insane it's in the ridiculous. first place. Ridiculous. So adding more to it is is pretty crazy. Um, but I like football and the Packers have the Eagles sure. coming up. They are coming off of uh, they're coming off of a great win against the Broncos at home. The Broncos were coming in undefeated and or uh, winless, I winless. should say. The Packers, I was going to say the opposite. The, of... the complete opposite of undefeated. The bad version of undefeated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The is, worst version. Is thoroughly defeated. Uh, <laughs> Packers, defeated meanwhile. Defeated every time. Yeah. <laughs> Comprehensively defeated. The Packers were undefeated. They remain that way. And they have one more game. Three home games at Lambeau Field in 12 days. Third, uh, Second one got in, the, got in the books on Sunday. Third one's coming up on Thursday. Uh, a good game, yeah. From the Packers, I wanna I wanna highlight first of all that the Denver Broncos. I think they're bad, but they're not abysmal. No, they have a couple of uh, of of young players that are particularly good. They've got 
they kind of locked in their their identity on defense a while back, and I think they might be suffering from Packers syndrome sure. in that way a little bit. In that they've got a guy like Von Miller who uh, was deserved every headline and every dollar of uh, of the of the deal that Denver has him on, and is now in a place where where that deal was more about what he provided two seasons ago, and that's yeah. less about what he provides now. Yeah, but they have a, a running back I really like this uh, this kid Lindsey. Uh, I thought. Bosby played very good at cornerback, kind yeah. of a, a a nobody guy they've got out there. An AAF guy mm-hmm. coming to the the NFL fold, playing really well. So they uh they have guys out there. Joe Flacco isn't the worst quarterback, but he's never been a particularly great one either. Sure. So there it's not like they the Packers had a cupcake team, and I've I've been waiting and I'm still waiting, and I think Thursday might be that chance where where you finally get to see. Green Bay going up against a very damaging offense. Yeah, in Denver they at least were go- were putting their defense up against a competent offense, and they did absolutely fantastically. And as far as the Packers' offense now, they're just doing what they need to do. Shades of la- of the game the week before against Minnesota on the first drive, five plays, seventy-five yards for the touchdown. A little bit of classic Rogers the. Packers work it into Denver territory, and then uh, all of a sudden, second down and six, hard count, free play, 40 yards to uh, to Marquez Valdez-Scantling from Rodgers off the back foot, puts an absolute dime on Scantling. Beautiful throw. Yep, a couple of things you love to see on this play, as the leader of the free world says. Yeah. You love to see Rodgers with a dime off the back foot on just a pure improvisation play. And you absolutely love to see Valdez Scantling in that wide receiver two role, knowing exactly what the heck to do yeah. on a busted free play, which is run to the end zone. Which is burn your guy, go as mm-hmm. fast as you can. Because Marquez Valdez Scantling is a very fast man. He maybe not the quickest changing directions, but he can run in a straight line very far, very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did that, and Aaron Rodgers uh, hit him for a touchdown. It was a... Nice play. Hard count gets uh, both Von Miller and Bradley Chubb uh, jumping off sides. Just a classic uh, Aaron Rodgers play. Yeah. Yep, and one of those where as soon as Rodgers releases it and you see Valdez Scantling, you just know like, yeah. oh, he's going to hit him in stride. Yeah. Yep. And then it's a question of uh, can can Valdez Scantling make the over shoulder grab? Does perfect. Uh, next two drives are punts, a three and out for Denver, and then a eight play, thirty seven yard drive for the Packers that ends in. A punt, um, Rodgers, a couple of incompletions on second and long and third and long to uh, to bring up that punt. On the ensuing drive for the Broncos, they go down and tie it up. This was uh, this was one of those drives where Lindsey, their young running back, really really showed himself off, and he, uh, you know, everyone was having a good time with him on television. He's got yeah. a cool afro. Yeah, I like the way he runs the ball. He's very small. Uh, yeah, he is. He's quick. Mm-hmm. He can catch the ball out of the backfield well. He's been splitting time with Royce Freeman. Uh, kind of as he as Lindsey comes back from a wrist injury last year, uh, the undrafted free agent. Uh, I believe he was the offensive rookie of the year last year. Uh, Royce Freeman, Denver invested a little bit more uh, draft capital in him, uh, and they've been trying to split the carries a little bit more in that backfield. Um, Denver really, Aaron Rodgers talked about it in his postgame presser, is especially with this drive, and they had another one, another 15-play, 63-yard drive. Um, this drive, 15 plays, 77 yards, 8 minutes and 35 seconds off of the clock. 
in his post-game presser, uh, you know, Aaron was talking about the, the offense kind of finding a rhythm and everything, and he just said those two drives from the Denver offense that they put together, two really long, pretty solid drives, just threw the whole offense off rhythm. Yep. Is, is, is when you're off the field for eight minutes and 30 seconds, it's hard to, you know, step right back in and go right foot, left foot, exactly how you were doing before. And you've got to give some credit to Denver in oh, that they, they have some strengths on the offensive side. Lindsey, very good running back. They have a good couple of guards and a center in the middle of that line. Uh, Lindsey was very astute on the cutbacks. They were keying around a key loss in the game that Montrevious Adams couldn't go in the middle along with Kenny Clark. Yeah. Um, so you leave Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster out there too long especially on those long drives. And Lindsey was getting a lot of space, and you see Lindsey punching it in from first and goal at the four on second and goal at the one for the touchdown. Uh, the Broncos would tie this game several times, but they would yeah. never lead it. So they tie the game at a touchdown. Green Bay goes 51 yards downfield, gets a field goal. Um, Mason Crosby, two for three in the game. This is where you start to see the uh, the offense misfire, and you start to see that yeah. weird out of sync thing from Rogers, where all of a sudden he's just kind of like throwing balls at people's feet yeah. and then rolling his eyes on camera again. Yeah. Um. You know, I think we need to start like I don't know, is it a White House House petition or something to uh, you know, we should make Aaron Rodgers put a quarter in a jar every time he rolls his eyes after he throws a ball out of bounds. Yeah. Um. Because yeah. it's like, you know, if we want to talk about. Guys like DeMarcus Cousins having bad body language on an NBA court. Um, I think we got to start talking about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, looking like the teacher just called him out after he was unable to find an open guy. Uh, yeah. Some Sometimes some of these plays just didn't really work. Um, we saw it a lot where Aaron would, you know, there'd be a screenplay, there'd be something short. Um, nothing would develop. And instead of trying trying to improvise and scramble or create something bigger, he'd just throw it right away at the feet. Um, which is, you know, I, I, I think kind of a step forward for Aaron. Um, you know, historically we might've seen him take three or four sacks. It creates manage- manageable outcomes. It, like I don't mind, I don't mind getting rid of the play. Yeah. It's just more so like the visible frustration, the hands yeah. up. Oh, the, what? It didn't work. It's not yeah. a touchdown. Dang. Um, but yeah. And, and, uh, you know, on this drive, particularly, uh, it's the first time that we, we, we saw this in this game. It happened a couple times. Third and six, Rodgers pass sh- short right to Marquez Valdez-Scantling incomplete. Uh, there's a few times on third down where Rodgers hit Marquez Valdez-Scantling um, in the hands. He caught it, and it was knocked out by a defender, by a tackle, or he just yep. straight dropped it, when it and then he was hit by a defender. Um, it was it was Bosby in that case. Another shout out to him. Yeah, he the really the, well. uh, the field goal was set up by two big plays. Williams with I think his longest yard rush of the game and the Packers' longest rush of the game at twelve yards. Yeah, and then also the penalty on uh, Jewel for the face mask on that turns a twelve yarder into a twenty seven yarder, and then twenty two yards downfield for Devonte Adams on a beautiful little back shoulder catch and throw. Adams with four catches in the game on four targets. Yeah, uh, that's a great ratio. Adams can. Adams continues to maybe not be as dominant as you hope for, but the yeah. passing game in general is not working particularly well at the moment. But when they're getting together, it's working. Crosby with the 42-yard field goal. Uh, another play, 15, another drive after that from Denver. The other drive you were talking about that really just sat the offense down, didn't let them not go out there 
15 plays, 63 yards, 7 minutes, 30 seconds off the clock. Uh, quick either runs or quick passes yeah. over the middle to keep the clock running for the Denver Broncos. That's uh, This is a Vic Fangio team. This is the kind of thing that you, you need the offense to do to rest the defense because yeah. the defense is going to run hard when they're out there. Uh, third and one con- a third and one conversion, another third and one conversion, and then a goal line stand by the Packers defense at first and goal on the seven. Flacco incomplete. Lindsey takes it to the two for five yards, and then on third and goal at the two, after Lindsey already has a rushing touchdown, and he just had a five-yard gain. Yeah. They put Flacco in the shotgun, and he's sacked 10 yards back by, by Zadarius Smith. Um, I hate that play call. Yeah. For the Broncos, that's really bad, but it's a great situational play by the Packers, and McManus has a 30-yard field goal, and we're tied up again. Yeah, and, and you know, what, we, what we've seen a lot in these two drives is they're very long because the Broncos are running the football a lot, and what we've seen thus far this year is that the, you know, the Packers' run defense not as, as elite as their pass defense, but that's okay. Mike Pettin's not going to worry too much about the run game. It's not a running league. It's not a running league. Uh, the other day, I think he said he was like, you know, what's the fastest way to London? Flying or running? Yeah. <laughs> you're yep. you're, you're, you're going to get there a lot faster by flying. Um, and the run game's just not as efficient as the pass game. An average quarterback, a bad quarterback, uh, averages six yards per attempt. A MVP quality running back averages five yards per attempt. You know, so... A bad quarterback throwing more is still going to be more efficient and more effective than a great running back running the football. And the Packers are going to let you run the ball as much as you want, but we're not going to let you throw the ball. They're not going to let you throw the ball. And in all honesty, this isn't. This may not be the the best performance by the uh, by the Packers run defense. They gave up 149 yards, but that's on 38 carries. Yeah. And that's an average of 3.9 yards per carry. They had two two touchdowns on the ground. Of, you know, Flacco no touchdowns through the air, so a couple of rushing touchdowns, a failed conversion, and then a field goal make give you uh, 16 points. Yeah. Uh, Packers defense, you know, we're not talking about the the freaking steel curtain here. Uh-uh. You know, if I could paraphrase my boss, you know, we're talking about a defense that's built to win in 2019. Yeah. 16 points on two rushing touchdowns and a field goal. Take that. Yeah, take it. If your quarterback's Aaron Rodgers, you'll give up. Rank him in the rank him in the top five in the league. Yeah. for that performance, love I you know absolutely love it. That's what what they're put on the field to do. That's why they're paid. Uh, Green Bay punts on the very next possession after a three and out by Green Bay. The Denver Broncos, Preston Smith, sack, fumble, recovered by Rashawn Gary, who is also in the business, a offensive lineman for the. Broncos looked like he was going to be able to fall on that way back in uh, yep. in Packer territory or in Bronco territory and could not get his hands on it. Rashawn Gary comes in, fights it away from him. Uh, Rashawn Gary, a guy who's been around the ball a lot yeah, he really in, his, in his rookie season. In, in limited snaps, mm-hmm. you know, this is the first time they kind of opened him up. I think he got more than 20 this, this week, had more snaps than back roll. Um, and that's great because he that's looks smart. really good. You know, he had his first career sack later in the game. First career fumble recovery here. Um, pretty dang good uh, outing for Rashawn Gary. Yeah, I really like that. And so the Packers have a very, very short field to, to take over and get the 
get the touchdown. They run two plays. Aaron Jones is stuffed, and then Aaron Jones bounces it to the edge. Uh, Jones had a very quiet uh, game. I think he had 19 yards yeah. on a couple of carries, but um, also put it in the end zone twice on yeah. handoffs. So he was uh, given uh, given the ball in in important situations. And I tell you what, you know, I like an I like a nice 11 yard spurt through the middle at midfield as much as anyone. But I also but I'll I prefer you making the right decision on a on a second down and goal, bouncing yeah. it to the outside, making the right read, yeah. and putting six on the board like that works just as well for me. Yeah, and I I, I also am am you know happy to see Matt Lafleur kind of riding the hot hand in this game. Is you know Jamal Williams is running really hard and running really well. You know there was a few times where he'd get caught up in a gang tackle five yards from the first down line, and he would still get the first. Look. He had some sauce in this game. He had some crazy plays in this game where he's wrapped up by two or three Broncos and pulls them five or six more yards after that. Like If Jamal Williams is playing that well, give him more carries. You mm-hmm. know, Let Aaron Jones rest. Have a game off. If Jamal Williams is playing you know, like a, a top 15 running back in this game, let him carry the load for a little bit. Let Aaron Jones rest. We haven't seen Aaron Jones play a full season not get hurt yet. I think it's great to split carries in this backfield. You've got two guys who are starting quality running backs. Give them both the ball plenty. And Jamal Williams, his celebrations were big in this game. Like yeah. he's always been very very excited to be on the football yeah. field. Like he has you know, he's one of those guys who the the attitude and the enthusiasm really jumps off the TV screen yeah. at you. Absolutely. But it was it was in a different level. It was kind of in the red a little bit in this game. Yeah. I just I don't know what got him all fired up. I mean, you see a guy coming out of Brigham Young University, yeah. which is a, uh, a university founded by Mormons who are not particularly known for um, being excitable yeah. or having Segment. fun or uh, <laughs> or anything of the sort. Sure. So for uh, for Jamal Williams now in year three to, to to really be be pushing a lot of excitement and being mm-hmm. being more visible as a backer, I like it. Uh, it's good stuff. Uh, so a quick uh, short field touchdown. The um, they give the ball back to Denver. It's a quick, uh, quick three and out. There's actually a play missing from that drive. I don't know what happened on third down. It goes from second and six to fourth and four. So uh, nothing apparently good happened. <laughs> something apparently that they wanted deleted. Yeah, something that the NFL, something that the NFL doesn't want you to know about. <laughs> it's a black flag conspiracy. Oh, just tell folks. I don't know why I brought Nixon into Alex Jones there, but I just did. <laughs> I am absolutely a crook. It's the globalist. <laughs> uh, Packers run out the uh, run out the half and go into halftime up seventeen to ten. Packers wouldn't need any more than seventeen, but they got a little bit more in the second half. And big story of this game: not only was uh, Joe Flacco under intense pressure as soon as the uh, Packers were able to play with a lead. Yeah, the blitz has started coming more and more frequently. That short field touchdown off the turnover that gives Packers the Packers the 17-10 lead changed Mike Pettin's defense to the more aggressive. He yeah. called. He, here's the thing, Pettin. You know, Pettin called calls a good game most of the time, but he really played to his strengths. Uh, first drive for the Broncos out of the this halftime locker room was uh, was my favorite play of the year so far by any. Packer player. Yeah. Uh, on second down, uh, third down and two, Flacco 
goes to the right to Noah Fant, catches it along the boundary. He's got first down yardage. Jair Alexander, who wasn't able to prevent Noah Fant from making this catch, comes over and removes the ball <laughs> from his possession. <laughs> Said, I'm sorry I couldn't stop you from yeah. making this play, but now I do have to stop you, so it's mine. And uh, Noah Fant, one of those guys, I know the Packers talked a lot about him as a possible yeah. uh, possible early pick. Yeah, One of the top tight ends in the draft. He made uh, a, a couple of good plays in this game. But Jair Alexander just helping himself to yeah. a ball that the rookie just, thought he had. Just ripped it right out of his hands. Mm-hmm. What a play by Jair Alexander. He's been unbelievable to start this season. Uh, I talked about it last week in that like the step for Alexander is to to turn the plays where he busts something up into plays where he takes the ball away. Yeah. I was talking about completing the interception in that case. Yeah, but this is... But this, as, this is just <laughs> as effective. This is nice, too. Yeah. A takeaway on Denver's first drive when you already have a touchdown lead and you get a touchdown on another short field. Uh, Packers, what did we talk about it uh, last year? I know there was an episode where we talked about like some bad team scored like 21 points on 60 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. On the Packers, the Packers get 14 points on less than 50 yards of yeah. offense in this game. Yeah. What a defense does yeah. is is a truly great defense in 2019 takes the ball away. Yeah, Gives you a short field to work with. Aldez Scantling for nine yards. And then on second and one, the wheel route works. Yeah, We saw it not work last week. Packers went right back to it. Danny Vitale this time. Uh, wheel route down the uh, left sideline. 27 yards, just almost snuck it into the end zone. Yep. Couldn't quite get there. Gets tackled at about the half-yard line. Um, you know, Matt LaFleur got asked in the, the press conference after, after the game, they said, uh, you know, Vitaly gets so close. Did you think about giving him the ball, letting him score the touchdown there? And LaFleur says, can't get tackled at the half-yard line. You got to <laughs> score. Had his opportunity. Yeah, he had his chance. We threw the route up for him. He didn't he stre- score. He stretched out for it. I think Danny Vitelli being the, the, the like a man who could probably just like walk through a wall and leave a Danny <laughs> yeah. Vitelli shaped hole in it. Um, yeah, I think I think stretching out and diving for the end zone there was was maybe not the right no, thing. Maybe you could have just, just kept running. He just could have kept running. Um, he looks like one of those old school football players yeah. where, where like, are you wearing shoulder pads the size of a dinner table? I said, no. But those no, are my those shoulders. Are my shoulders. That's <laughs> just how I'm built. That. I'm actually not wearing any pads. I, he looks like if Aaron Rodgers was secretly Bruce Banner yeah. and then became the Hulk. But was also shorter. Yeah. <laughs> but was also like 5'8". <laughs> when Aaron Rodgers turns into the Hulk, he gets shorter. <laughs> yeah. No. Which is weirder. But, God, that is funny that he's like so bulky, but he's short. Because, like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I don't think of myself as, like, a gigantic person but i'm like six foot one yeah i'm, I'm like it's pretty tall I'm, I'm very large yeah just in general and you know you meet guys who like are like considered bulky and they're if they're like five eight or five nine it's kind of funny yeah yeah it's just kind of funny i'm five eight or yeah. five nine and it it feels funny when i see people my height who are just bulked and ripped yep. and i'm like well, okay what's <laughs> just doesn't look the right measurement uh but vitaly big dude doesn't score there. Aaron Jones picks up the touchdown for the Packers, makes it twenty-four to ten. The Broncos respond with a six-minute, twelve-play drive. Uh, this was another good drive. They had three good drives in this game. They got points on all three of those good drives. 
and Packers didn't ever give him any short fields. Nope. Uh, Rodgers was never sacked. No, uh, no turnovers in this game. Yeah, after for the Packers. Afterwards, Rodgers said this was probably the cleanest game he's played in yep. his career, um, and I, I wouldn't disagree with that. You know, he, he Rodgers through three games has his career lowest rushing yards. He has seven rush yards through three games. What we've seen this year is, is an Aaron Rodgers that's willing to throw the ball away instead of trying to extend the play and, and an offensive line that's been playing really well and that's kept him clean thus far this year. That's been uh, uh, really, really nice to see. You know, it's kind of necessary as he gets older. Penalty story in this game. The Packers were called for seven penalties, which talk about a clean game that normally doesn't include seven penalties, yeah. but it didn't really matter <laughs> too no. much. But uh, a good a good drive, and I think I think that the going for it on fourth and goal at the one, yeah, you know, they they needed to do that. You can't settle for a field goal there down uh, yeah. down twenty four to uh, to ten. But at the same time, like just the fact that they were in that situation, and it, it looked like it was very close to another good goal line stand in that third and goal incomplete, and then on fourth down and goal, Philip Lindsay punches it in. That was. Again, that that guy's a good running yeah, back. Yeah, he's a really good running back. You start to get a little worried because on the very next possession, Packers go three and out. This was a this was probably the worst the offense has has looked because it's just a it's a uh, Jimmy Graham holding penalty on first down. It would have been no gain anyway. Jimmy Graham sucks, by the way. Yeah, he's been bad this year. Okay, he's been really bad. Uh, I'm I'm glad we're seeing eye to eye on that now. Yeah. Uh, just, just in case, I have breaking news. <laughs> Jimmy yeah, Graham. Bad. Jimmy Graham's bad now. I have no idea why he's on the field because he's so darn injured, and the Packers have two effective tight ends. Yeah, that it, they could be using in his place, to, which is to do absolutely freaking which is nothing. To block most yeah. of the time, which uh, is to do nothing at all. Which is, Jimmy Graham should never be on the field if the play calls for a tight end chip or yeah. a tight end block. Yeah, uh, certainly there are there are other guys who aren't like disintegrating in front of your eyes that could do absolutely nothing on the football field for yeah. you from the tight end position but uh on first and 20 incomplete second and 20 incomplete third and 20 incomplete none of our um short left to williams and williams with a nice little run but he couldn't quite get uh you know if you need 20 yards and you get 17 yeah yeah cool uh jk scott with a 66 yard punt um i'm going to start my campaign for uh, jk scott for green bay packers mvp no, if he, he keeps on it. flipping fields like this, um, also for NFL MVP, if he keeps on flipping yeah. fields like this, because uh, you, you've got fourth and three at the 32 after you dealt with first and 20 from your own 15-yard tw- line. And the coverage is running down on these punts, and Spencer pushed out of bounds at the Denver uh, Denver 15-yard line. Uh, so you flip the field to uh, you have fourth down, at your own 32, and your punter gives gives you a situation where it's first and ten at their at their own 15. But then there's a, I mean, there's an illegal block uh, above the waist, which puts puts it even further. Five. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I mean, if if you're a punter, you're at your own 32, you can put the ball at the two where they receive it. Ugh. You're doing pretty 66 good. Yards. You know, you're doing pretty good. You're that's a that's a weapon for this team. Um, and and another thing about this drive, you know, is is this was one of two three and outs this week. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it the offense hasn't looked brilliant. You know, it hasn't hasn't gone you know drive to drive to drive, scoring every time. This isn't the 2011-2014 Packers team, but the offense is getting better. And and part of that is you know putting up twenty seven points against a pretty good defense. Um, 
but also not going three and out. Uh, and lessening the three and outs to only two of them is, is you know, a step in the right direction here. So, Absolutely. And oh, I clicked on the wrong page. Oh, no. My show notes disappeared. There we go. Hello, I'm back. Um, on the very next drive after... Uh, you know, after they're pinned back by the J.K. Scott punt and the penalty on their own return team, the uh, Packers defense takes the ball away from the Denver Broncos for the third time. And this one is, Insane. I like that these takeaways are all happening from uh, from new guys. Yeah. Like this was, again, like the guys that were there were, were solid pieces already. I'm not going to ever complain about Blake Martinez. No. I don't think that he's, I don't think he's going to be like an elite inside linebacker for anyone, but you know, he's, um, I don't know. He's upper. He's upper echelon. Yeah. I mean, for for me, elite it means like you're the top three in the NFL. I don't think sure. he's there. No, I think he's a top ten. Yeah, he clean. He cleans up stuff. He's good. But yeah, you know, you're not looking at Blake Martinez to take the ball away. You're looking at him to, to tackle the ball carry. Yeah, tackle the guy running the football. Mm-hmm. You're looking for certain things out of him, but yeah. they replaced a bunch of guys who didn't make plays with guys who do make plays. Darnell Savage, and um. So this is, um, this is dumb. Okay. <laughs> what Joe Flacco does here? Yeah, I don't it's know. A terrible throw. I don't know what he was doing. I, I think if I remember correctly, this one slipped out of his hand. Okay. Like when it's coming out of his hand, it's like kind of loose in his. Okay. In his hand so and it starts it, to leave. It went whoops. When he releases, and so it goes whoops. Uh, it just, it goes to absolutely nobody. It doesn't really go to Darnell Savage. Is the thing. No. But we've talked about in the first three episodes of this podcast for regular season, Darnell Savage coming downhill on you. Yeah. If you're a receiver over the middle, you hate to see it. But if you're a bad if you're a badly thrown ball into nowheresville, you're Darnell Savage can come up and get that shit as well. Um I am just I was floored by by this play because it didn't look like anyone was gonna have a play on it. No, and and then Savage plucked it off of the grass. Yeah. Oh, which ball skills? Yeah, you didn't really hear about Savage's ball skills. No, you heard a lot about his speed um, and his instincts. But, yeah, you know, we saw it all on display with the ball skills on this play. Is is you know seeing the ball out of the hand, not playing a receiver, instead playing the ball, knowing that it's going to nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, having the speed and instincts to to break on it before it's thrown, make the play. Which is an insane play, um, and then have a nice run back, which which uh, ends up not mattering because they blew the play dead because they thought it was incomplete. Um, but a darn nice play from yeah. Mister Darnell, Darnell Savage, of uh, as advertised, uh, Packers punt on their ensuing possession. But at this point, you're just kind of taking time off the clock. You're up uh, twenty four sixteen, and this. This drive only takes a minute 35 off the clock. but So you're still going to need a couple of stops from your defense to uh, prevent Denver from getting back or getting any real momentum in this game. But, uh, J.K. Scott, uh, how about a 61-yard punt into the end zone? Sure. Uh, shouldn't have gone quite so strong on, on yeah. that one, perhaps. But uh, uh, Denver, bring it, out to the, uh, bring it out to the 25. Denver, Philip Lindsay off the right end, and then... Philip Lindsay for no game, stopped by Dean Lowry, and then third down and five, Joe Flacco, pass short left for two yards. Kevin King comes up and make a stop. Um, yep, then yeah. three and out. There you go. Um, and Packers think- get a field goal, stretch it out 27-16. At 
this point, it's pretty much academic. Uh, yeah. Broncos turn it over on downs. Packers go down and miss a field goal. This was the only thing that I saw in the game where I was like, oh. uh, Crosby shanked a 45-yarder. And then uh, Broncos uh, with one final possession to go out and do nothing. Game's over, 27-16. Solid win at home. Actual, yeah. I mean, look at the Broncos' record and be aware that, like, yeah, they're not particularly great, but they're also not, they're not last year's Cardinals. They're not this no. year's Miami Dolphins. They're they're a team with actual real pros on it. I mean, they've got a Super Bowl quarterback yeah. leading their team. They've got a couple of guys, uh, you, you know, rookie of the year last year. Offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, Philip Lindsay's great. Cortland Sutton's really mm-hmm. good. You know, Matt Lafleur. Uh, you know, in the in the week leading up to this, talked about Cortland Sutton as one of the best receivers in the NFL. Um, you know, I think I think he he he's really kind of hosed by having Joe Flacco as his quarterback, but he's a really talented uh, second or third year pro over there in Denver. He's been really really good. Um, no, you know, Denver has a lot of guys. They have a a a lot of good defenders and they also have a, a coach that's in the past had the Packers number uh, you know Vic Fangio uh, defensive coordinator with the 49ers um, back when Colin Kaepernick was there and that was uh, such a struggle for the Green Bay Packers uh, playing the Niners with the Bears um, as the Bears have gotten good that's been a little bit of a struggle and now in Denver you know it's it's you can't sleep against a coach who knows how to defend you um, and the Packers didn't matter they had a good game plan too, in, in a lot yeah. of a lot of running, a lot of possession. Flacco never going to be uh, never, not he's not your deep ball thrower at this stage in his career. They could have stretched it a little bit more, in my yeah. opinion, but they came out with the idea that they want to go on long drives and control the ball. They turned it over three times and they lost. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, and and on all three of those turnovers, like that Flacco pass last year without Darnell Savage just sort of bounces on the turf harmlessly and brings up third down and seven, uh, the strip sack, and then also the Jair Alexander takeaway. None of those are, are particularly cheap turnovers. No. They're it, not They're not so much mistakes by the Broncos as they are like forced plays by a defense. They took the ball away three times. Uh, you, Folks, you love to see it, and yeah. uh, and you hope for more. Yeah, you know, it It, it looked like the Broncos' kind of game plan was was – control the ball, control the time of the possession, keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. And with a defense as good as the Green Bay Packers right now, like, you know, it just doesn't matter if that's your game plan, if that's your goal. Uh, you're still not going to be able to score points. You can have the ball as long as you want. Like, you can't run the ball effectively. Like, the Packers are going to shut down your passing game. Good luck scoring points. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll talk a little bit more about this Packers game. Uh, Tabloid news in the NFL, fortunately, has has quieted down a little bit, so I don't yeah, have good. to talk about. I don't have to talk about tabloid news for uh, for once this season. Thank you very much. But uh, this is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland, it's the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. Follow us on Twitter at Cheese Chicagoland. Join our Facebook group, which is called Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Uh, we'll be right back.
Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. It's the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. Mike Fleischman here, along with Matt Melamsetter in my beautiful south side estate. The, the cats are really friendly today. They have been. Jason was all over earlier. Um, he kind of gave me the sniffles in the first half of this. He's, a, he's a scaredy boy. It's so strange to yeah. see him like. Someone new comes over. Well, you're not new. You come over no, all, come all over the time. I think that's it. But generally, when anyone walks through the front door, his first reaction is to go somewhere yeah. and not leave and the, not the, the where here. he is. <laughs> no, it was good to see Jason. Jason was uh, he was demanding attention mm-hmm. for a while. God, that's strange for him. Yeah. You you do when you when you sit at the dining room table as we record this, <laughs> you are you are in. I'm a cat magnet. Well, you're in Amy's spot. Okay, you're in Amy's chair, and uh, Jason is sort of pathologically attached to Amy. Sure. You know he usually shuts down unless Amy's home. He's very old. Yeah. So like he doesn't doesn't have a ton of energy anymore. So like he saves it all for when Amy's home. Like if Amy's in the house, he is not further than ten feet away from sure. her. Sure. Ever. 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 He just follows her along. So, like, this empty chair right here? That's Jason's chair. Yeah. If Amy's there, That's Jason's. he's there. Yeah. Like, he, is, he needs to be right next to her at all times. And it's not at all creepy or weird. No. It's a totally normal thing for a cat to do. Um, great piece of news. <laughs> out, of, out of New England, uh, Antonio Brown got released by the Patriots. Not even the Patriots are... are are above or below or not even the Patriots will stoop to the level of putting up with Antonio Brown who facing uh, facing new stories about uh, about his conduct and and new new very credible allegations that he's like been and continues to be a weird sex creep and asshole yeah um, the Patriots a- Antonio Brown decided to triple down on his defense of I'm actually very guilty and very irritating yeah and I was, uh, I was glad to see the Patriots after one win against the Dolphins, which they could have accomplished with their practice squad. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, decide to release him, and um, I I wish nothing but the worst for Antonio Brown and his new legal strategy of declaring how guilty he is yeah. to anyone who will listen. And I I wish nothing but the worst for the the New England Patriots as well. In general, for, for signing him, and then the first allegation came out and. Instead of being like, yeah, this is an issue. This is really bad. Um, goodbye, Antonio Brown. You know, they, they, they kept him around for a week and then got really mad when everyone would be like, yo, what's up with this rapist on your team that you're like totally cool with? Yeah. They, and they'd be like, uh, we're focused on Miami. The, Shut the, the fuck the, up. The press, the press asked a lot of questions about this uh, to, uh, to the Patriots coaching staff and uh, Bill Belichick. Boy, he didn't like being asked questions about the uh, the character of the people who play for him uh, uh, i don't think he thinks that's uh, that's a big issue and i would like to disagree with bill belichick yeah well on whether that's an issue you know you probably don't care much about the character of your players when your owner is uh robert Kraft. so yeah i only a, care to a certain extent what the character of the players are crack but you know i think the thing about having like if you're me if you're like me and you yeah. generally just think that like players should be allowed to do what normal citizens do like yeah. you should you should give them the leeway to do do things or be be you know be themselves you know whether it's but like within the bounds of like good behavior and legal behavior yeah. of course if, at if, all times like you should try to stay out of that kind of business you know that that sort of thing like gay straight bachelor non you know bachelor married 
uh, Christian atheist, yeah. you know, that, that sort of stuff. Like bad singer at karaoke. What, yeah. What kind Fine. of, yeah. What kind of music are you into? What kind of, you know, culture do you like? What kind of car do you drive? Like, does the fact that like, you know, you, you have a, you have a Southern accent, you know, yeah. is the fact that you can't string a sentence together in front of a microphone or can you like that stuff doesn't matter. And I don't, I, I don't generally like it, but when you have that kind of thing with me, like I have, there's a real hard line that gets drawn. Yeah. Cause I think when you start like, when you start classifying players based on your own likes and dislikes, mm-hmm. it gives you room to start like making judgment calls on guys like Antonio Brown. Like, yeah. well, he helps my team win. You know, I, I yeah. don't like you can, uh, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not referencing anyone at all in the real world. But you know, if you, if you start dividing your players on whether or not they're those hip hop guys or not, sure. You know, then all of a sudden, like if, uh, you know, if a guy on your team that's helping your team win is accused by someone in a group that you like even less than them, then you're all of a sudden, you know, you create gray areas. Yeah. If you're, if you start dividing players based on your own likes and dislikes. Yeah. I don't, you know, you'll never catch me you know, liking or not liking a player based on whether or not they like the same kind of music I do. Like, sure. oh, you're not into the OCs right now. And the Come extent on. I am. Come on. How can you not like incredibly amped up psychedelic music from San Francisco? Are you telling me you don't listen to Nick Drake before the games? Yeah. Okay. Get off my team. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't been spending the week watching Nardwar interviews <laughs> on YouTube? Get off. Get out of here. Yeah. You're telling me you don't drive a 15 year old Toyota hatchback? Get out of here. You're done. You're done, Vitaly. <laughs> Vitaly drives a Dodge pickup. I only drive Fords. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, if, if if you start doing that, you're you're leaving yourself open to uh to decide whether or not you like players based on stupid things like whether or not they help your team win while still committing freaking felonies. All right, that's that's all. And we're gonna talk about that. Um Looking at the snap counts, of course, you got uh, you got Aaron Rodgers. I think what can be said about him other than he didn't get sacked, he didn't throw any interceptions, and the team put up 27 points. Um, on short fields, he took advantage. Yeah. Uh, took advantage of, of two of the three turnovers to put 14 points on the board. That's all you need. Um, Danny Vitale got involved at the running back group, and they needed him. And they need that unpredictable fullback wheel route. I was reminded of... Uh, of longtime Packers fullback William Henderson. Mm. That play was a big part of Mike Holmgren's yeah. use of Henderson was the sideline wheel route. And I love to see it come back. I love to see it come back on a day when when neither of the running backs were being particularly awesome. Uh, go back to my box score here. Uh, Packers rushed for 77 total yards. And that longest was Jamal Williams' 12-yard run that had the extra 15 tack to it for the face mask. For the for the face mask penalty, and, and that's the one that I was thinking of when I when I was talking about Jamal Williams getting grabbed by four guys and dragging yep. the entire Broncos defense six yards. Uh, yeah, and the final thing that happened on that play was someone got so frustrated they ripped his helmet yeah. off. Yeah, and <laughs> you see Jamal Williams dancing back with his helmet in one hand. Yeah, and his long, uh, cool hair bouncing up and down. He's so fun to watch. Uh, he's always so happy to be playing football. Adams and Valdez Scantling appear to be uh, number one and number two. We knew about Adams, but Valdez Scantling appears to have beaten out Geronimo Allison. Yeah, Geronimo Allison just kind of been nowhere this year. Um, 
looks to kind of lost a step after the leg injury last year, and 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 you know he didn't really have a step that was uh, uh, able to lose. Mm-hmm. Never, never, never the most athletically gifted guy. Um, played faster than he tested, but you know still just losing a step for for Allison's pretty pretty devastating. I wouldn't be surprised if we see more Shepard or uh, Lazard going forward. Um, yeah, um, I did want to see. I've I've wanted to see more of both of those, and it appears that. Uh, there's going to be at least an auditioning period for yeah. Allison with only 26 snaps. Again, like 21 personnel for the Packers through a lot of yeah. a lot of the game. But Lazard, Shepard out there, Kumaro inactive in the game. I think yep. uh, a practice injury yep. is uh, is kind of bogging him down right now. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, 31 snaps at tight end. Jimmy Graham, uh, he's totally totally cooked. I don't. Yeah. I think I IR for him is is not too far in the future he doesn't look like he's able to move no right but, now you know he's fighting that groin injury and it looks mm-hmm. like it's affecting him pretty pretty seriously i mean he had slowed down significantly before he ever got yeah. to green bay <clears throat> and now you've got a guy who's already slow uh you know if mercedes lewis is faster than you you're slow yeah uh robert tanyan got plays and evan bayless was out there for a snap that was uh yeah unexpected tanyan had a had a had a, almost had a touchdown mm-hmm. um you know on a scramble drill he just kind of slowed down and hesitated. You know, he he, he just kind of like yeah. stopped on his route before fading to the, the back of the end zone. Um, the throw was great yeah. from Rodgers. You know, if, if, if Tanyan kept running the whole time, that hits him in stride, dropped in the bucket. But well, Tanyan I, stops. Yeah, I tell, I tell you, even on like, even on that misplay, Tanyan shows you like some pretty textbook like extension, arms yeah, out. Like he's he so was, fast. He was in position yeah. to, if he had not stopped, make a good play on it. Film room corrects a lot of that for guys, yeah. and Tanyan seeing significant snaps really for the first time in his career. Love to see it. I think it's the snaps that'll get him mm-hmm. going more than than just the film room snaps stuff. touches. <clears throat> but you know, taking a look at how he ran that route in practice, yeah, I'm I'm sure that's something they go back to. Yeah, absolutely. you show him how he ran that route. You show him how you should run that route. Yeah, and you run that play a couple of times, and and you teach him like. Now a tight end that big can stretch the field. That's terrifying. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a weapon right there. Uh, the offensive lineman, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Lindsley, Billy Turner, Balaga. At first, we thought that Jenkins had just won the starting job from Lane Taylor. They put that dude on IR. Yeah. So Elton Jenkins in the starting lineup. Um, not having Lane Taylor behind him means you lose depth. Adam Pankey is back off the Texans practice squad. Yeah, Texans are Saints. I okay. <clears throat> so... You've got a depth problem at the offensive line right now, which right at the moment isn't a liability because the uh, this five has been playing really well. Yeah, just not quite, uh, not quite in the same position if your linemen get injured. But that's true for every team in the league. On defense, uh, Clark Lowry, Lancaster, uh, you had to had to see some depth with uh, Kingsley Kiki getting his first game action. Fat all Brown. Out there just a little bit. That seems to be his his role this year is to play somewhere yeah. in the range of uh, seven to two snaps. But um, hopefully Montrevious Adams, whose first two games were very good yeah, and been pretty solid, he's a nice tandem with Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark a little bit uh, quicker, a little bit more more lateral, a little bit more of a play diagnoser. Adams more of a uh, a very thick human yeah. being. Yeah, yeah, and and and. Uh, you know, that's no knock on Clark, who can still hold seven men up on the offensive yeah. line. Um, but but Adams just kind of a powerhouse. Yep. On that defensive line. Yeah. To me, with Clark, it's more of the idea of like, you know, he does all the things that uh, average defensive linemen do. He stands you up. He 
he's powerful. He can push you back. Yep. But then he does the he diagnoses plays quicker. He moves laterally yeah. quicker. Uh, like, he's a so guy f- like Adams next to him, who is, you know, the the above average like like shoving guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really helps him, and I think they they Packers suffered without him. Dean Lowry is uh is replacement level linecaster is is a guy who's you know you have a lot of hope for him because he's so darn big. Yeah, but uh, they got ran on, and they got ran on, and they faced a good interior line. Yeah, for the Broncos, and they got pushed around a little bit. Outside linebacker, hey, these guys are good. Uh, <laughs> Preston, Preston yeah. Smith, your uh, your uh, defensive player of the week. Yeah, with uh, with three sacks, is Darius Smith and uh, a forced fumble. Uh, yeah. Smith. Oh yeah, uh, just just monstrous, a monstrous yeah. game coming after those tackles. Uh, we talked about. You and I just in messages talked about how bad the, uh, particularly the left tackle Garrett Bowles has been yeah. for the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Garrett holds. Yeah, he does. Uh, he didn't get a holding penalty. No, good for game, him. Which disappointed me. I was really hoping we'd well, see one on him. He didn't have the time to get a holding penalty. No. <laughs> Whoever was lined up against around him, him was gone. Yeah. Um, and that, that's the thing. If if you're going to disrupt Joe Flacco, it's you're going to come around the edge on him he, yeah. because he just... He can't run the ball. He can't move. It's not his thing. Uh, Rashawn Gary, 26 snaps. He had a sack on, I believe, Denver's final drive of the game. Uh, yep, got his first sack of his career. Got a recovered fumble, four tackles. That's good stuff from Rashawn Gary. Tyler Fackrell um, is uh, is a guy who, uh, with Rashawn Gary in the lineup and healthy, you're going to hear less and less of. Yeah, six. And I'm fine with that. Six sacks from this outside linebacking core. Uh, one from Gary, two from Zedarius, three from Preston Smith. That's some great production. Yep, out of your your one, two, and three uh, linebackers there. That's that's really special. Uh, Lake Martinez was right in the middle. He had two and a half tackles for loss in the game. Made twelve tackles. Uh, BJ Goodson was out there a little bit. Yeah, and it, uh, it, yeah, depth yeah, guy right now. Yep, depth. Uh, Amos Savage. Played most of the game. Will Redmond in that uh, in that third safety inside linebacker combo job. Sure. Um, Redmond's doing uh, fine, I guess. Uh, but Adrian Amos has been steady all year for the first three games. Darnell Savage with that incredible interception. Uh, Savage came up big in the run game a bunch as well. Um, he's uh, he's, he's so a good. monster. He's so good already. He he flies down. He's he plays so deep when they're in single high, but it doesn't keep him from being a help in the run game, which I think is, is, is pretty remarkable. Um, you know, especially thinking of the last safeties that we had playing single high, you know, in this defense where it was HaHa Clinton Dix and Tremont Williams, uh, last year, man. Yeah. You can, you can highlight the problems with having a single high safety named Tremont Williams and that he's slow. And that he's slow. And, and, and he's late getting there. And the problem with Hawk Clinton Dix is that he's not there. Is that he doesn't care. He's he's off in some other direction. Yeah. Um, Did you see the video of him almost saying, go Pat, go? Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I also, the uh, the, the quote from uh, from Matt Nagy calling uh, Ha Ha Clinton Dix a, uh, a great veteran leader on the defensive yeah, side. Okay. I'm like, my dude. Okay. You're, you might, you, you might want to check your bullet points. That's why you signed him to a one-year prove-it deal, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> you always sign great veteran leaders to one-year vet minimum oh, prove-it yeah. deals, correct? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, the guy who played himself off of Washington. Uh, <laughs> that guy. Um, 
Alexander, Kevin King, uh, Jair Alexander has had his third game in a row where he's almost mistake free. Yeah. Uh, by my count, he's made one and a half mistakes this season. Yeah. I, That's absurd. Too many, I think. Uh, Kevin King, uh, he let a guy get open at one point. He's uh, Kevin King was not exactly brought in for his tackling ability. No, but and he's willing. He tried. He, he tried. Um, yeah, he he had a, he missed a couple in and, this game, but uh, that's that's fine. Williams out there for forty five. Josh Jackson broke into double figures and snaps yep. for the first time in a while, and that put Tony Brown out there for only one. Yeah, and this is the second game now where where Tony Brown has been a bit of a an afterthought on on the regular defensive package, which um, get into more of a spread offense. Against the spread offense, like I don't know, maybe the one that Philadelphia runs. Yeah, you'll see more. where you'll see five wide. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably see Tony Brown a little bit more. I think we see a lot of Josh Jackson this week. Um, you know, Kevin King had a hard time with with Cortland Sutton, who's a pretty dang good uh, young wide receiver there. Um, but uh, with a guy as good as Jair on the other side, you know, he 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 absolutely locked up Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I think Sanders had like one catch for ten yards or something on three target. Like mm-hmm. it, it, ridiculous. Yeah, and and man, and a particularly on a throw into the end zone on that drive. That oh uh, my god, that ended I believe with the Broncos field goal. That play on Sanders there was yeah, absurdly it, beautiful. Because Sanders beat him, and then yeah, he didn't. Sanders beat him to the corner, but it didn't matter. Yeah, Jair had the closing speed to oh. to get there and, and break that up. Um, you know, uh, with a guy is 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 solid as Jair Alexander. Alexander, you know, a one a number one through a number three type of guy in the NFL, you know, a, a top three cornerback in the NFL. You can live with a little bit uh, more ups and downs from Kevin King. You know, you, you don't need Kevin King to be absolutely flawless week by week when the complete other half of your field is totally locked up. Yeah, and I, I don't think that anyone expects that at this point. King has played about a, 16 games yeah, in his career. A, a th- 30-year guy now. A third-year guy, technically, Who, but really... Yeah, a, it was not a third-year guy because he hasn't been able to be on the field. Really a, a second-year guy in, in terms of experience. You know, it's... it's Cornerback is a tough position to play with a lot of growing pains. And, uh, you know, Kings looked great to this point. He had a, a, a tough go up against a, a really solid, physical uh, receiver, a great route runner in Cortland Sutton. Um, you know, that, that's fine. It's going to happen every once in a while. But, uh, I think the thing with King that gets me every time is that I forget how big he is. He's like six two. He's a really big cornerback. He's a really big guy. Um, and so you know he 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 he'd be a great matchup for Alshon Jeffrey uh, mm-hmm. this upcoming week. Someone who doesn't really change direction so well, but is six foot four and can elevate. Yeah, I was I was gonna segue into this upcoming game against the Philadelphia Eagles and take a look at the the Eagles and they're they're fine. You know they're. They're a team that very recently was very relevant. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, it, and and are are still still good, but um not fantastic. They're playing on the road. They have some real questions at wide receiver. Yeah, they do. Right now, that's I think the uh, one of their biggest problems is that they you just don't know who's catching the ball for them. Yeah. They are coming off a twenty seven twenty four loss to the Lions. They're one and two. Their only win is against Washington. Um you have some real Real questions about who's doing what for Philadelphia. And uh, Jordan Howard's on that team. He hasn't really been able to distinguish himself. Miles Sanders, their new running back, is, is a piece that they like. Carson Wentz yeah. is, uh, is a quarterback I would have let go in favor of large Richard Nick Foles. Yeah, sure. Because 
one of those guys took you to the Super Bowl and then won it for you. Yeah. And the other one didn't. Yeah. And you know, that to me is like, it's it's not, it's not like the mathematical decision to sure. make to go with uh, Foles over Wentz. It's the uh, that's the heart decision. Yeah. But like the heart won you the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know you 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 like those guys, you pay those guys, and they decided that they were gonna outsmart themselves, and go with a uh, guy that's been pretty inconsistent. And you know their 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 receiver core right now is decimated. Is odd. Yeah. yeah. Aguilar, Whiteside, Mac Hollins, Zach Ertz is a good tight end. Yeah. Miles Sanders is your running back who. He's been good out of the backfield. Led the team in receiving yardage against the uh, Detroit Lions. Yeah, that's it's an odd team, and you know, yeah. on the on the defensive side, they you recognize some of these guys, and some of them are good veterans. I yeah, I'm not. Uh, you know, I, I not sure. I uh, with the Eagles, you know, receiving core, uh, they Alshon Jeffrey's been injured. Deshaun Jackson is is I think doubtful for this game on Thursday. He most likely won't play. Um, Aguilar has been for his entire career, uh, both up and down at the exact same time. Uh, and uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside, you know, he, he, a young rookie, I think a second round pick, um, just you know came in probably needing more development than they thought he was going to need. Um, same with Miles Sanders. You know, they haven't been instant impact guys like Philadelphia kind of thought they were, you know, before the season, Philadelphia kind of looked at as, as one of the most complete, uh, talented teams in the league. These injuries um, kind of dragged them down. Draft picks underperforming kind of drags them down. Um, you know, I, I, it's a weird conglomeration of talents uh, there in Philadelphia. Um, if you look at what Detroit was able to do and in beating them, um, big plays, 44-yard rush for McKissick. Big play from uh, from Marvin Jones, twenty seven yard pass reception. Amendola, twenty two yard pass reception. That's like for Danny Amendola. That's like getting nine hundred yards in a game yeah. to get twenty two oh yards in a single play. <laughs> Kenny got, uh, you know, bunch of guys with uh, with double digits in 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 gains. That's good yeah. stuff. From, yeah, from the Lions. I I don't want to live in a world where the Lions are good. I don't think I live in that world. No, I don't think we do right now. Either. Um, you know, it's it's. Philadelphia's uh, secondary's been also decimated. You know, Ronald Darby's out for uh, this game against the Packers. He's their best cornerback. Um, we look at last year, you know, with this, this Philadelphia team beating the Bears in the playoffs. Um, Chandon Sullivan, a guy who has not gotten snaps for the Green Bay Packers yet, was one of the top snap getters in Philadelphia. You know, it's 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 this is a defense that when they're healthy and all put together, they're really good. But it's been two years since they've been healthy and all put together, and at this point, they are just kind of a a shell of what they were and a shell of, of, of what they think of we think of them as. Very possible that we see uh, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers uh, shred this defense for a lot. Um, you know, the last time we saw a Matt Lafleur led team take on the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Corey Davis had. I think it was nine receptions for 161 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, a team without the number one cornerback, it it leads you to a situation where you're looking at what I hope is Devontae Adams' first big, big game of game, the season. Yeah. He's faced some good uh, good cornerbacks. He's faced some good cornerbacks so he's, far. He's faced plenty of of safety help over the top, plenty mm-hmm. of of second cornerback shading, plenty of of 
triple zone cover. Like Devonte Adams has been shaded and and double covered and triple covered in every single which way so far this year. You know, it's 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 a a good opportunity for him to take on a team that it, it doesn't have a number one cornerback and also doesn't have a number two or a number three yeah. either. Uh, so. <laughs> You know, a, a good chance for this passing offense to really find its rhythm uh, this Thursday if they can, uh, you know, uh, be ready to go on the short week. Yeah, I think I think depth is going to play a big role in this game. Uh, Eagles are a bit short. Packers are banged up, but you've got a got some guys out there that haven't haven't played very much that could make a uh, make a statement in this game, particularly on defense. You've guys like got guys like uh, Tremont Williams who's ready to come out at cornerback. Yeah. Will Redmond has been has been pretty good. Maybe Josh Jackson uh, gets a chance against a team that doesn't have a lot of good receivers, but so yeah. they've got some pieces that could show up. Um, this this week wasn't particularly remarkable in the NFL. The Jaguars beat the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are off to a terrible start, yeah. which is too bad. I, I kind of want to like the Tennessee Titans. I don't know why. Yeah. There you have it. Mariota's I, just I, not good. Nope. I like the Jacksonville Jaguars as much as I like Gardner Minshew, which is a lot. Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew the second. His dad is not named Gardner Minshew. No, they have no idea why he's Gardner Minshew the second. Not a grandpa, not a great-grandpa. Nope. Pretty remarkable. Uh, The Patriots beat the New York Jets. Um, That's a surprising upset there. Uh, The Buffalo Bills beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are on fire. Uh, right now, in a bad way, the Buffalo Bills are on fire in a good way. Um, I think. Uh, yeah. I think Josh Allen might be good. Maybe I can't tell. Yeah. I think the Buffalo sec. We recognize that the Buffalo defense is pretty decent last year. Buffalo defense is pretty darn good. Adding Ed Oliver is huge. Um, you know, Micah Hyde has 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 become something special out there. Tremaine Edmonds was a great pick last year. Um, you know, they they've they've got a lot of really good pieces in that defense. Um. Buffalo's offense a little bit more uh, up and down, you know. Uh, Josh Allen is Josh Allen is 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 a video game character that we can never decide what he is. You know, he can. He was twenty three of thirty six for two hundred and forty three yards with a touchdown and an interception against Cincinnati. Uh, he outplayed Andy Dalton. Sure. Which you know, if if you want to start establishing the fact that you belong in the league, outplay Andy Dalton. Yeah, no. because Andy Dalton is one of those guys who, like, yeah, sure, he belongs in the league, and that's the most you can say about him. Yeah, so take that step above him. There you go. Yeah, then you belong in the league. Yep. Um, Josh Allen belongs in the league. I think we figured that out. The Miami Dolphins scored a moral victory by putting up six points against the Dallas Cowboys, who beat them thirty-one to six. The Indianapolis Colts strong start to their season as they defeat the Atlanta Falcons, who suck. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs in the best game of the week that I didn't get to watch. Uh, get a win at home against the Baltimore Ravens. LeVar Jackson versus uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, this game was on in the uh, in the uh, the dining establishment that I stopped at last night after the soccer game. Mm-hmm. They were replaying it, and I'm sad I missed that game. Yeah. Because that one had some fireworks in so it. So much fun. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings uh, kicked the crap out of the Oakland Raiders. Uh, the Raiders suck. The Vikings are are at least currently beating the teams that they should beat. Yeah. That's that's where they're at. There's uh there's rumors that they're bringing back Laquan Treadwell, rumors that Stefan Diggs wants out. Um first of all, if if there's ever a rumor that Laquan Treadwell is coming back to your team, um that you're on fire. Yeah, you there's should probably issues. probably do something should about not that. Do that. Um and if there's, you know, 
Stephon Diggs, it's one of those things of like, who's lining up to trade for Stephon Diggs? I don't know that I don't know that he's he's currently a, enough of an asset to uh, to cause that trade. Yeah, you, you know, I, I I really like Stephon Diggs. I think in a situation um, uh, with maybe a, a a an offense more built around the pass game, um, he might we might be able to see him succeed a lot. You know, he he was a thousand yard receiver last year. Um, he's been around a hundred receptions the last few years. He he he's he's been pretty darn good. Um, but I don't know, you know, who's lining up to to send them things now that he's kind of come out and said, "I want out." Yep. Once once you come out and say you want out, your value tanks. Yep. The where am I at? Uh, the Carolina. Oh yeah, the Detroit Lions beat the Philadelphia Eagles. We talked about that one. Uh, Detroit yep. is uh, certainly on their way to the. To the Super Bowl this year, no doubt about that one. Couldn't Definitely. possibly happen any other way. The Carolina Panthers go on the road and uh, in Kyle Allen's first start, he goes 19 and 26 for 261 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, granted, this is against Arizona, but he outplayed Kyler Murray, and uh, the Carolina defense backed him up by sacking Kyler Murray eight freaking times. Yeah. So uh, maybe Arizona should have spent some some of that first round draft capital on. Offensive lineman, yeah, on, this year instead of uh, drafting another quarterback. Um, but you know that's just just yeah. an idea. I don't, yeah, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> nothing the Arizona or Arizona Cardinals do makes any sense to me. They're o two, they're o two and one. Ah, uh, love those ties. Uh, the New York Giants and uh, in Daniel Jones's first start have beaten the Tampa Bay Buccaneers thirty two to thirty one. Uh, last second heroics by the Giants. I love it. Uh, D- Daniel Jones, lot a lot. I do. I knew nothing about him coming out of college. Yeah, and I knew nothing about him other than the Giants thought he was a bad idea to draft him. But uh, look at the New York teams; they're stupid. They yeah. thought it was a bad idea to draft Kristaps Porzingis, who's a legit NBA player. Yeah, they thought it was a bad idea to draft Daniel Jones, who um, looked provided the only excitement that the New York Giants have seen in about forty-seven years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, you get a win over one of the worst teams in the NFL, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with a rookie quarterback and absolutely no one else. Saquon Barkley is injured right now. So uh, Daniel Jones just decided to put up 336 yards and two touchdowns in his first start. So uh, And and two more touchdowns on the ground, yeah. too. And he's, a, he's their leading rusher. Freaking wild. Um, I'm into it. Uh, the Houston Texans got one over the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh Chargers have quality players on their team, but they're not quite putting it together. And I love Houston uh, getting a good win there on the road since uh, Deshaun Watson is one of my favorite current players. Yeah, he's so good. He deserves better. Yeah. Texans. Yeah. Uh, the New Orleans Saints get one from Teddy Bridgewater over the Seattle Seahawks. I love it when the Seattle Seahawks lose. And uh, I don't really care about the Saints, but uh, good job beating Seattle. Yeah, sure. Russell Wilson losing really helps my overall mindset. And, uh, yeah, just seeing us an it, L on the board for yeah. Seattle makes me feel better. Yeah, it improved my mental state. The uh, San Francisco 49ers beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh is reeling as they no longer have their large, lumpy quarterback. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams beat the Cleveland Browns in what turned out to be a decent game on Sunday night football. Yeah. I despise this whole, like, let's put the Cleveland Browns on national television a bunch of times they this year. They need to do something before we yeah. crown them the kings of the world. Because they look bad. Yeah, they well, don't. They don't look much improved out of over where they've always been. No, and you know, for for a team that 
has been heralded as much as they can? Like, could they just stop committing freaking penalties all the time? Yeah, they made a bad. It was a bad oh. idea to sign to bring Freddie Kitchens in as the full time head coach. You know, with 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 so little experience, and all we've seen this so far this year is a team that just looks undisciplined. Yeah, they're not ready. It just ready. looks like they're coached by someone who doesn't really know how to coach yet, um, which is you know an issue when you've never been a play caller. Bad, 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 bad. Cleveland, bad. Um, and on Monday night, I couldn't watch it because I was doing soccer. The Chicago Bears beat Washington by thirty-one to fifteen. Um, of course, this is this is the game that turns it around for the Bears, who are two and one. Yeah, this set uh, my social media flame. Everything Bears are back. The Bears are the greatest team in the history of the world. Mitchell Trubisky's back. He's he's so good. Um. It, doesn't matter that they play maybe the worst team in the NFL along with the Miami Dolphins. Um, let's 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 put that aside. Let's put the how bad the uh, Washington defense is um, aside. Uh, but yeah, you know, great job. Bears, so here I here's think. the here's the trick for Washington is that they couldn't establish the run. Adrian Peterson is all sorts of cooked. I can't believe he's still in the league. Thirty seven carries on uh, uh, thirty seven yards on twelve carries. Uh, Chris Thompson added 29 more yards. So, like, no rushing touchdowns, 69 rushing yards. Uh, Case Keenum dropped back to throw 43 times, which is uh, 43 times more than he yeah, no. really should. And I'm a, Case Keenum, I'm a Case Keenum defender. Yeah, like I stand him that. a little bit, but he threw three interceptions. Uh, he's not a deep, deep ball thrower. No. And uh, the Bears defense uh, sacked him four times. But really, the... Uh, the problems for Washington is that yeah they just they don't have an offense built to beat the best defense in the league they don't have an offense built to beat much of anyone but like Paul Richardson caught eight balls for eighty three yards you catch eight balls you better be over a hundred freaking yards yeah I'm saying freaking too much in this uh, this current yeah. podcast I'm sorry about that it's a really extremely nineties thing for me to be doing right now <laughs> yeah that's good but like look down this list of uh, of of Washington defensive players. Just out of curiosity and like, all right, so I don't know who Cole Holcomb is. I don't know who John Bostic is. I know who Landon Collins is. Yeah, he's, he's I've, right. I've never heard of Jimmy Moreland. I've never heard of Montez Sweat. I've heard of Josh Norman. Is that you or me? No, that's, that's not me. Oh, okay. I love it when my computer does that. Uh, Montez Sweat, uh, a rookie this year. He's, he's been all right. Um, Matt Ioannidis. Nobody. Monte Nicholson. Deron Payne. Deron Payne, a great young Defensive lineman. There you go. Jonathan Allen. Pretty solid, I think, on the offensive line. Um, uh, yeah, who are who are these guys? Jeremy Sprinkle? Yeah. It, it, look, it, it's it's the Washington. Uh, it's a mascot for an ice cream parlor? Washington's perhaps the worst team in football this year. Um, it's, 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 it's not. It, we should not be. Ex- Bears, Bears. This is so similar to me as to when the Bears beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, whereas like, yeah, they were mm-hmm. by far and away the worst defense in football. It's not even close. Yeah, it showed out on on them last year. Yeah, you should beat them by a big chunk. Like it should have been more than fifteen points. Washington had five turnovers. Case Keenum threw three interceptions and fumbled three times, and two of them were lost. You should beat them by more than 16 points. Ugh. But Tariq Cohen gets the ball four times for negative two yards rushing and has two catches, I think it was. Um, 
I run into a lot of Bears fans just in the course of my my everyday stuff. You know, I work yeah. in uh, I work in the region in Indiana and around there. Like there, a lot of people agree with me in that the Bears have a lot of talent and uh, they've got a head coach who is is very weird. Yeah, and calls weird plays. But here's the next stretch coming up for the Bears. Uh, they've got the Vikings at home, then the Raiders at home, then the Saints at home. So three straight games at Soldier Field. Um, they're all winnable with yeah. their defense. Yeah. That's the thing about the Bears is that I keep on like making fun of them because that's entertaining, but also like they're good enough to make a deep playoff run. Yeah, with their current offense, it's just that their current offense is ridiculously yeah. bad. It's a testament to how good their God. defense is right now. Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, and they're still healthy. That's, yeah, that's the biggest thing. You know, they they were right about Leonard Floyd. Yeah, developing into a player. I was wrong about that. You know, they. They were they were really right about their defensive choices, but my goodness, it is that offense and is just it's tough to watch. It's, yeah, no, they, they're really they're bad. poor. Um, it's <sighs> Mike Davis, uh, one one carry for two yards. You know, they 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 the Bears got rid of uh, Jordan Howard, a proven running back, uh, over this off season to sign Mike Davis for a big bundle of money to give him basically no carries. Um, they spent a lot of draft capital on David Montgomery to give him only 13 carries. Uh, he's averaging five and a half yards per carry. Um, you know, they, they, they spend so much time giving the ball to Corderell Patterson in the backfield. He had four rushes. He was their second That's leading great. rusher. Why? Like, what are you doing? You have Tariq Cohen. You, like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, actually, um, it's, it's, it's so consistently bizarre and frustrating to watch the Chicago Bears as a, a, a not even as a Packers fan, but as a, a, a non-biased observer and look at the offense and go, what the hell are you doing so much of the time? Like Personnel-wise, play-calling-wise, you know, it's, it's, we saw them really strip it down last week and not allow Mitch Trubisky to throw, and it's kind of the best that they've looked thus far. Um, until to yet yeah, till Monday, um, when they played the worst defense in football. So it's you know we we haven't seen them play good against someone who's even below average. We've only seen them play well against a tro- uh, 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 an atrocity f- against mankind on defense. <laughs> uh, one last thing before we go out. You're right. The entire Packers squad is currently. Showing up on the injury report for uh, tomorrow's game. Today's Wednesday's practice participation stuff isn't uh, isn't being listed. Your only two do not participates on Tuesday though are Adams, which we kind of know about. This could turn into an ongoing thing, and Oren Burks, who've been hurt, like Montrevious Adams. Entire way. Yeah, Montrevious Adams. Adams. Yeah, Devontae Adams not on the injury report, but uh, yeah, a bunch of limited participation or full participation guys on the. On the injury report, uh, Rashawn Gary back to full participation. Aaron Jones, Kevin King, full participation yeah. yesterday. So, uh, short week, still hate him, but uh, we'll be tuning in tomorrow for yeah. Packers versus Eagles. We'll be back next week to talk about it. Um, it's a crazy time. Football is happening. Um, it's exciting. Work is picked up. Everything is happening at the same time. It's a uh, Fall is, fall is a fun time for me. I sit around all summer, and I'm like, when is anything fun going to happen? But when does football season yeah. start? And then I get to, like, the end of September, the beginning of October, and I'm just like, man, I'm busy all the time. I feel like I'm a molecule this yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I hate to be like, 
I hate to have those pretensions of like, you know, the, the big jet setter. Cause all yeah. I do is drive my, my 15 year old Toyota around and I yell about high school sports. That's yeah. my job. What? But at the same time, like I still get that jet setter feeling of like, what I'm never home. What city am I in? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Where exactly am I right now? What, yeah. What is Boone Grove, Indiana? <laughs> Who is Who America? Knows? Yeah. <laughs> that it's been Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Uh, we will be back with you next week for episode 50 of this program. Wow. Um, wow. If there's any of you out there who've listened to all 50 episodes of this show, uh, could you tweet at us at CheeseCagoLand? Because I will send you a personal message of thanks. If I'll you, send you a t-shirt. If you tweet at me, at MP Fleischman, or at CheeseCagoLand, if you've listened to all 50 episodes of the show, I don't even care if you're lying to me. <laughs> oh, I hey, look, because I openly I applaud. Liars. Yeah, I applaud you uh, for for listening to all all the episodes of this show because it's fun to make a show. Um, and thank you so much for staying with us. We'll uh, let's do fifty more if we can. Yeah. Uh, until next time, we need to name a cheesehead of the week. I I know who it is. It's gonna be a two beat for uh, for yeah, me. Yeah, me too. It's Jair. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's Jair. I kind of want it to be Preston Smith. <laughs> yeah, but but it's. It's got to be Jair. Jair put the clamps on him. He took a ball Sanders. from a man. <laughs> he took ball from man. Yeah. <laughs> ball catch, man catch ball. Jair say, ball mine. Yeah. Me take ball now. Yep. At an important part of the game. Yeah, he's so First drive good. out of halftime, takes the ball away from him. He's so dang it's good. It's like on the list of things I wanted from Jair Alexander, it's taking the ball away from a man. Um <laughs> So thank you, Jair Alexander. You're our uh, two-week-in-a-row cheesehead of the week. Uh, Matt Mellon said, what should people do? Stay cheesy, baby.